Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. The Volume. Darwin. The Nerds is where it's at. Welcome everybody back into Nerd Sesh. As always, I'm Carson Brever and alongside me is Logan Camden and we just witnessed an instant classic in Game 6 of the Eastern Conference Finals. It seemed as though the Miami Heat had grabbed victory from the jaws of defeat until the Boston Celtics hit them with the Uno reverse card. Derek White game winner at the buzzer to send this thing back to the TD Garden for Game 7. Logan, legitimately one of the crazier finishes to an NBA game that I can remember. What did you take away from this? Uh, one, Probably the craziest finish I can remember to a game. You know, everybody right at the end there when... Marcus Smart puts that shot up. Everybody thinks the game is over, right? He misses it. Even Gabe Vincent, right? Gabe Vincent puts his hands up like, oh, we just did it. We're going to the NBA Finals. And Derek White quite literally steals this one out of the air. This is the craziest ending to a a really meaningful game, Carson, I can remember since uh, 2010 Game 5 of the Western Conference Finals where Ron Artest, uh, three and a half seconds on the clock. I rewatched that immediately after this one. Uh, Kobe misses a turnaround fade. Ball goes off the rim. He boxes out Jason Richardson, grabs it, puts it right back up. This one even, I think, crazier than that because Artest has time to corral that ball, bring it down. There's less time on the shot clock. D. White has no time to go back down, puts it back up. And the way it bounced out of the rim, too, how it won two like it was going to go in in almost a perfect way for D. White to be there with .1 seconds on the clock. Uh, an electric finish, dude. And I think there are some big things that we can take away from this one. Carson, the Boston Celtics once again show me that they have a lot of heart, dude. They withstood a lot tonight. Uh, Jason Tatum going 0 of 8 from deep. This was the worst shooting performance from the Boston Celtics in all of the regular season and all of these playoffs. They go 7 of 35 from deep, 20%. It's just not the Celtics formula. But what one X factor, what one variable keeps teams in games that you should not be a part of? What variable wins teams but the majority of games, it's defense, man. Defense wins championships, and that's the one area where I was – that's what won them this game. It was effort and defense, man. I thought they did a great job of defending Jimmy this whole game, whoever they stuck on him. 
Uh, Jimmy shoots 5 of 21 from the field. Really physical with him. There were a couple possessions where Jimmy blows, just looks where I think he's going to finish where he should, but they did a great job of packing the paint again tonight. I thought a hellacious effort on the interior, man. I think if I read this stat right, and uh, the source to be trusted, I got this off Twitter, somebody said that uh, Miami was 0 of 8 inside 14 feet down the stretch, man, through the third and fourth quarter. Unbelievable, dude. I That's tremendous. When the team can't get easy, constant pressure, Miami's been so great at it. I thought Robert Williams and Al Horford did a tremendous job inside defensively. But that's the one thing that I think we can take away from this, Carson, and where Boston really eked this one out is constant defensive engagement and effort throughout this one, uh, no matter the circumstances. You know, you withstand Jason Tatum going poor from deep. You withstand the entire team shooting poorly from deep. But uh, you play great defense throughout this game, and you luck out to Derek White. The ball just happens right there but again man that's an effort thing you know Bam Adebayo has to box out there you have to I found it really ironic man on that last possession Carson where the camera pans to Jimmy before they're about to inbound that ball and Jimmy goes one more stop and I think that's what they were locked in on they got the stop they that's the shot that you want to mm-hmm. force in that moment man a Marcus Smart pull up three that's the shot that you want but Boston just gives that tiniest extra bit of effort, man. You got to box out there. It's the worst way to lose, but it's the most exciting finish I can remember in a long time, man. And I attribute that to a lot of heart, a lot of effort, and a lot of defense on Boston's end. For what it's worth, I think it's funny that you treated that fact with some level of skepticism because <laughs> I don't think that's right. I mean, Jimmy had the tip in to put them up midway through the I, that's fourth, why and I was then he skeptical. had that and one in the last minute and a half. But This was a brutal scoring night on the interior for Miami. There was a point that they showed on the broadcast. They were 9 of 41 in the paint. They were in the conversation for the lowest field goal percentage from two in playoff history. Like, they were completely shut down there for a majority of the game and felt like everybody was outmatched by Boston's length. Their help defense, Kyle Lowry gets in there, right? He's unable to put up quality shots. Gabe Vincent, I thought, had a brutal night trying to finish against that level of length and athleticism. And he was 3 of 10 in the restricted area. And Jimmy goes 3 of 13 inside of 10 feet. So sure, it was a combination of bad finishing, but it was also some awesome paint defense. And it's just a wild outcome in every sense of the word because this was a game that Miami never should have been in. And yet they absolutely had to win. They were really only in this game because of three-point shooting variance, which has been so fundamental to deciding games in these playoffs, but especially in this series and for these two teams. And if you just look down the line game to game, Boston, when they shoot poorly from deep, they lose. When they shoot at expectations or above it, they win. 0 of 5 these playoffs went under 35% from deep. 10 and 3 went above it. Miami has made a living off of grabbing these games where they completely outshoot the opposition. When their opponents have shot under 35% from deep in these playoffs, they are 9-0 in this series. The team that had shot better from deep was 5-0. And this is a massive disparity in this game. So even though, again, the entire Miami offense just looked outmatched on the interior by Boston's defense, and even though you get a great Jason Tatum first half with 25 points, and there are times where Jalen Brown is attacking downhill and it doesn't seem that Miami has an answer for him, and Jimmy and Bam are both consistently off, and Boston's just creating higher quality shots, that discrepancy from behind the three-point line puts Miami in a spot where combined with that key adjustment to zone down the stretch, they're in a position where they should win this game, and I do want to touch on that because 
as much as it felt like Miami was just hanging in this game by some miracle, they did launch a legitimate comeback from down 10 points with four minutes left because Boston goes 0 of 6 against that zone in those last four minutes. And I thought Miami was excellent defensively in that home stretch, closing gaps on shooters fast, taking away those looks. So now you're funneling guys in to the paint, lots of tough floaters looks. And I thought that Bam was awesome defensively, stifled Horford on a possession one-on-one, took away a Tatum second chance, totally affected Tatum on another drive. Like they were just hellacious there. And then Miami gets the door open because yeah, Jimmy finally starts getting downhill, is aggressive drawing fouls. But I just think all postseason, Miami has cashed in on games like this, right? Where you lull the other team into some of their worst tendencies. Boston stops getting good shots down the stretch and you take advantage of them completely being off from beyond the arc. And they needed their stars to show up and they just really didn't. I mean, Jimmy and Bam combined for 9 of 37 shooting. And one of the key things I thought in this game is that there have been so many moments throughout these playoffs where Jimmy Butler has felt unguardable, right? It's felt like if you're playing a big on him out of a switch, that guy's going to concede too much ground. His mid-range jumper is too lethal. If it's a smaller guard, well, he's either going to shoot over him or he's going to be too physical on the drive. And as good as this Boston team is defensively, we saw Jimmy early in this series have some success hunting switches against either Biggs or Derek White. And he tried to go at Derek White in this game. And when Derek White was his primary defender, he went 0 of 6 with a turnover. And sure, some of that is just him failing as a shot maker. Like he got a solid look on a little turnaround at the end of this one. But I thought that White was awesome, cutting off driving angles, being physical, and just contesting the hell out of shots. Had that one awesome block. And then the overall length, the help defense from Boston, Tatum, Jimmy was just stifled. And sure, I mean, he misses a couple tip-ins in this game, right? Just some inexplicable stuff. But Boston really affected him in a meaningful way when through a lot of these playoffs, teams haven't been able to do that. And it's just a really disappointing shift from Jimmy who had been so phenomenal throughout, obviously, the first two rounds of these playoffs. And then game one comes out and plays another near masterpiece. And game two has that dominant closing stretch. And game three, he wasn't great, but it didn't really matter because Miami's supporting cast was just so much better and it felt like Boston had quit. But these last two games, he has been very disappointed. He has not been able to attack mismatches. He's been either passive or he struggled to finish and score. And then you have Bam, who creating for himself is just not going to create great quality looks, as we've talked about before, right? He can get to those floaters out of the post. He can get to those mid-range looks basically out of any action. But he's going to shoot 43% on looks inside the paint but outside the restricted area. That's what he's done in these playoffs. And 36% for mid-range. So it's just not good enough. It's just not reliable enough to be considered high-level offense. This is a game where he's off. He goes 4 of 16. And that costs you dearly. But they also lose this game because of a couple of very un-Miami things. For example, not boxing out Derek White on that last possession. Like, yes, Struess is in a bit of a difficult position there, but somebody's got to get a body on the inbounder, and he is kind of just watching that ball go towards the rim, not active enough, whereas Derek White is making a beeline for it. And then the key play earlier in that fourth quarter, after they retake the lead, after all their hard work to get that one-point advantage, the four-point play for Jalen Brown, 
where Bam inexplicably goaltends after the foul. I don't know why he put his hand on the rim. And then the tech, which you just cannot afford in a moment like that. Again, they just fell short in the areas that they haven't previously. Jimmy has been so good in these moments when they need him. And yeah, he was pretty good in the fourth quarter, but he was so, so bad up until that point. And they are always going to be the team that doesn't make the costly mistakes, that is going to out-execute the opponent. And they didn't do enough of that in this one. Well, I think the most important thing about that, Carson, is the Miami Heat are a team. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. we got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah, like check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, <laughs> hey, hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah, but I mean like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot? Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but. All right. So what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. But let's say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Team that are so talent-starved in comparison to the Boston Celtics. I mean, they just flat out cannot afford to have mistakes like that, too. Um, yeah. And this was, a again, an anomaly of a game in a lot of ways, too, man. The Celtics withstand also not being without Malcolm Brogdon in this game. Uh, the Heat also... Very strange. While all of this, you know, Bam and Jimmy are very ineffective, they only turned the ball over five times in this one, man. It wasn't like Boston was, you know, great playmaking. They lose the turnover battle 12-5 to in this one, too. But, you know, I think you hit on the biggest thing uh, about this Miami team, man, is that, yeah, they can't afford for these things to go wrong. This is a team that is so limited in offensive creators that when Gabe Vincent goes 6-18 of and he's been so damn reliable in this series— you cannot afford a Jimmy game going 5 of 21. You cannot afford Bam going 4 of 16. And it's just, that's why we've been skeptical, right? 
Jimmy and Bam, that's why they're not in the upper echelon of superstars. Their two-way value is of that that can elevate them to top five status, but they're so limited offensively at times. And I don't want to disrespect Jimmy, but his play style, when that tough shot making isn't falling, when he can, uh, isn't as great finishing around the rim. You know, he is a little more susceptible to waning in a way other unstoppable superstars aren't. This was always the ceiling, especially again, which we've mentioned time and time again, the lack of offensive creation is exacerbated by the fact that you don't have Tyler Hero out there, that you don't have Victor Oladipo out there. And it comes down to that big hustle play at the end. I don't want you to get on Max Struess, though, Carson. I don't think that's right, bro. I don't I don't put it on Struess. Struess was almost doubling Marcus Smart out of that inbound like he was trying to, you know, stop that ball. And he immediately, the second Derek White inbounds that ball, he realizes that White is cutting to the basket to get that rebound. And he cuts across and tries to get back like immediately when he sees White cut to the bucket mm. and he's the only guy crashing. Bam isn't crashing. Bam's ball watching. Jimmy. No. Is- what are you talking about? Everybody else was attached to another body. Struess was ball watching for a second and it was enough of a second for Derek White to completely Struce, get the edge Struce on was him. one of the only guys that got back. Gabe Vincent was ball watching. I don't know, man. I put that more on Bam at a bio than I do Max Struess. What are you talking about? Bam was boxing out Jalen. Yeah, he got Jalen. He? he was no, on he got, somebody. He got Jalen at the free throw line, but like that's, I credit him for putting a body on somebody and getting in the way. But I don't know, man. Maybe if that ball bounces a different way, it's just it's so perfect. I don't know, man. Like I said, even the way that ball, I thought Marcus Smart hit it at first, dude. When it because it looks like it's halfway in, mm-hmm. and then it one twos right out. I don't know. I didn't put it on. <sighs> Yeah, it's him for not being in position, but that was a really hard recovery when he's trying to double Marcus out of there. But it's just a, it's a heads-up play by Boston, man. My, (laughs) damn, man. It's an exhilarating-ass finish, man. And I'm, shout-out Boston for making that hustle play. That's the slimmest, that's what's been so remarkable about all these Miami runs. That's a point that I want to hammer through, though, about Miami throughout these playoffs. Is they, it has been those margins of victory, man. It's literally .1 seconds that, have been the difference for Miami throughout these series. Even the the comeback against Chicago, man, the comeback in all those games against Milwaukee. This is an opportunistic team that mm-hmm. when they smell blood in the water, they can attack and they can close out. And they just, they didn't execute for all 48 minutes, man. They got 47 minutes and 59 seconds, Carson. Sometimes it takes that extra one. And Miami just didn't have it tonight. It's that slim, man. That's how much Miami needs everything to go in their favor, it's felt like. And it has thus far. And you talk about margins, dude. I mean, literally, this comes down to the tenth of a second when we're talking about how much time is added to the clock after the foul on Jimmy, right? Because it goes from 2.1 to 3. I mean, if they put that at (laughs) 2.8, then the Miami Heat still win this basketball game. So many insane little things down the stretch, but I agree with you. Miami had no margin. And this game felt to me like in some ways... As clear a demonstration, maybe not quite as much as game five, but Boston's just the better basketball team. And listen, obviously this is a very narrow win, but God, when you see a shooting disparity like this and it feels like the team that is lights out 60% from deep in the first half is just barely, barely hanging on, it tells you about the talent discrepancy between these two teams, which is why it's so crazy that here we are on the verge of a game seven. And listen, I was super confident picking Boston going into this series. 
And then I counted them out after game three because I thought they looked like a team that had quit. And I thought, sure, their ceiling is probably still the highest in the league, but are they going to be able to find the collective grit, the defensive connectedness and effort night tonight? Are they going to be able to have enough consecutive strong shooting nights in a row? Are they going to be able to overcome Jimmy, who had been so consistently a top eight kind of guy night to night? And this was the one that they needed because games four and five, they shoot the hell out of the ball, right? So if they do that, they're just going to run Miami off the floor. And they did. This is a game where they did not have their best stuff. And a lot of it is about the shooting, but also like Tatum obviously goes from an awesome first half, 25 points where he's getting downhill. He's attacking from that mid range out of the post. He's four of five from 10 feet to the three point line in this game. And then he's not quite the same guy in the second half. And he does struggle a bit with that zone at the very end. And then Jalen comes out in the first eight minutes is five of five. He's opportunistic in transition. He hits a couple mid-range pull-ups. And he then, he has a rough second quarter, three turnovers. And he is not a dominant force down the stretch in this one. And they still come out with it. And I do think that they are the better basketball team. And you're able to get a big night from Marcus Smart, who... Listen, is still going to be the guy who wants to step up and take that shot at the end of the game, even if it's a tough turning contested three. And you get a big night from Derek White defensively, especially, but obviously has the biggest bucket of the night. And it just feels like as we approach a game seven, if Boston is average shooting, they're going to win the game. Like, yeah, there are things that Miami can do to overcome that, right? Jimmy can be great. Bam has to be getting higher quality shots, like turning to 10 to 12 Bam post-ups and isolations a game. These aren't mismatches. Like Al Horford, Robert Williams, he's not cooking these dudes, you know? And I like to see aggressive Bam, but I would like to see Bam, if he's going to be getting these kind of opportunities, try to get a step on a guy, right? Try to get to the rim, draw a foul, instead of just settling over and over again when that shot making isn't there. So you do still have big games from a couple of role players in this one. I mean, Caleb Martin was awesome, bro. When is he going to be not awesome? (laughs) Like, dominated the glass in this game, shot extremely well again, and Duncan Robinson was one of those two wide open threes away from having another incredible game. Like again, they entrusted him with some ball handling. He had an impact as a cutter and he knocked down a couple threes. It's just the two biggest of the night he couldn't quite get. So I don't want to count Miami out entirely, even though I feel like Boston is way better. This was a game that was decided at the buzzer and There is still shooting variance game to game. And Miami has been the better shooting team in these playoffs. And they can win that category decisively. And maybe they do completely out-hustle and out-execute Boston. But this just felt not quite like a Game 7 for them, as I know a lot of people have said. But a do-or-die moment. Like, they have one more chance. But Boston is better than them. Boston has more talent on both sides of the ball. Boston has the lead shot making that came through for them enough in this game and was very big in that first half. They have the defensive personnel to affect Jimmy in a way that we haven't seen before and obviously this entire Miami team. And now they're going home 
with all the momentum. They're liable to have an off night. They always are, but they just did and they still won. And that feels like it could be a death sentence for Miami. No, that's the biggest thing, man, is that Boston really does have all the momentum in this series. And it felt like the second I saw that uh, ball bounce off the rim, right? And we knew that Marcus Smart had missed that shot. I, I felt Miami take a collective sigh of relief immediately when that ball missed. Like, we did it. You know, in, in all improbabilities, we stole all the games that we needed to along the way, man. If it was Chicago from the jump, if it was Milwaukee, we finally stole another crucial one. And with the D.Y. putback, it was like letting all the air out of a balloon, man. I think that it is going to be super tough. The one saving grace that I will say for Miami that, you know, the reason I won't count them out is that, you know, Boston has been the worst team at home in these playoffs, right? I know that it's hard playing in the TD Garden, but this is a team that's 5-5 five and five at home. If there is a team that you want to face on their home floor, you know, it's probably Boston. But like you said, man, they are the more talented team. They're the better team. They're, they're just better, man. Like, again... Guys, how weird is it that we are in the Eastern Conference Finals, and we've been talking a lot of basketball, guys. I'm glad y'all have been listening. I've had an incredible time watching these playoffs and talking with you guys. But how insane is it, Carson, that we are here in the Eastern Conference Finals on the verge of a Gave 7, and the Miami Heat are still relying on Gabe Vincent and Duncan Robinson and Caleb Martin? Like, guys, that's such a massive discrepancy. I know that we've hit on that the entire time, but it is a huge margin. And Boston has all the momentum. That's why in a one-game setting, that's why I said that I counted them out after game three, too, Carson. I had completely written them off like Geno Smith, man. The Boston Celtics didn't write me back. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I would take Boston in a one-off, man. I don't like counting out Jimmy because I always feel like when I when I put Jimmy, when I close the door on Jimmy, he just emphatically yeah. opens it back up because that's when Jimmy's at his most dangerous. But I wouldn't bet on it, man. Boston's a better team. They've got all the momentum. And... Uh, it just it just feels like a lot, man. It feels like everything again has to go right for Miami to to win this game. It's so hard to talk about this series because it's just been mayhem from the jump, right? Like Miami didn't really clearly outplay mm-hmm. Boston in the first two games, but Jimmy was the best player on the floor. They outshot them and so they got their wins and then Boston just looked like a completely different version of themselves. So yeah, I don't want to just decisively bet against Jimmy either. But at the same time, we have to hold Jimmy to account for playing a really bad basketball game. Like, yeah, he sure he did what he could to impact the game on the glass and with his facilitating, but it was a brutal, brutal shooting night. And this was the one to steal. This was the game where we needed to see Jimmy, and that's where he's been so reliable up to this point, and he just wasn't. And we've seen erratic Jimmy as a scorer before in the playoffs. Like, even if you think back to that bubble run where he was so good, until the finals, it was a bit of a rotation where maybe Mm -hmm. he'd go for 40 and then he'd go for 15. He's been so consistently good these last two runs, but this was an inexcusable time to be this bad. And listen, we just did our top five duos in the NBA last episode. You and I both had Jimmy and Bam above Jalen and Tatum. I had Jimmy and Bam as my number five duo, but they were clearly outplayed in this one. And there is a level of offensive ease with them that can be missing Mm -hmm. compared to anybody else you would put in that sort of tier, especially when Jimmy's not at his best. 
So I also think if you look at this from a Nuggets perspective, <laughs> I mean, they got to be devastated, dude, because I think you want Miami a thousand times over. Like, again, Miami would have been escaping this, and I just don't think Miami has the talent to hang with Boston. And I understand they've overcome that in so many different situations, but they've also been in matchups where they can force the opposing teams into mistakes, right? Into their own worst tendencies. Boston being the epitome of that with their struggles at times creating good shots out of the zone. Their reliance on the three-point shooting where they've been off in too many spots. Miami, uh, Milwaukee just having a dumb offensive approach in clutch situations with those Giannis post-ups and getting really ugly and conceding a lot of good drops to a lot of good shots to Miami out of drop without really any adjustments. I just don't know that that Nuggets offense stops and Bam's a great defender. I don't think that he really does anything to affect Nikola Jokic. Whereas Boston has mm -hmm. the ability to throw an elite punch offensively when they are shooting the ball well. And they just have really, really good defensive personnel. It's not going to be a matter of taking away Jokic. I don't think that's possible. But if you can get a lot of good athletic guards matched up with Jamal Murray, with KCP, I just think they're a more talented, better basketball team. So... Obviously, if Miami steals game seven, then for Denver, that's best case scenario, right? Both teams just are bone tired and you still got the more favorable matchup. But I just think Boston has a much better chance to win the NBA title than Miami. I wouldn't give, I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't give Miami much of a shot against Denver. And I hope that's not, I, I just wouldn't, man. I just think, yeah, they're outclassed. I think Denver's kicked back either way, man. They're pretty happy that this thing's going to game seven because they've been able to relax this entire time while these two teams are wearing themselves out, man. I mean, they are grinding each other out, man. But best yeah. case scenario, it is Miami. I, I think Boston, I think it's a, just a better, we get a little more, I think, I was going to say star power. I mean, I don't even think it's about stars, man. It's just about them being deeper. And again, I don't know what you do against Jokic. I think they've got a fair punch with Horford and Rob Williams, Rob helping off. Um, being that extra body down on the low block. You're not taking Jokic away, but, I mean, this is the best defense that MPJ, that Jamal's going to face. Like, Jamal was, has been able to exploit mismatches too, man, with his size, if he's able to go against these mm -hmm. smaller guards, if he's, you know, getting into the mid-range and knocking down pull-ups against slower guys. You're not really going to have that, man. You're going at Marcus Smart. You're going at... Uh, you're going to Derek White, too, two of the best defensive guards in the game. I think Brogdon's the weak link there. He's been in my opinion, one of the worst uh, defenders on this Boston team throughout this regular season and throughout these playoffs. I love Malcolm Brogdon. He's been a weak link there this entire time, but it's not gonna. there's not going to be anything easy against uh, against Boston where I think I think it's really advantageous. Um, I'm not going to be disappointed either way, whoever we get out of the East, but I definitely think Boston. I'm, I'm going to take Denver. I'll go ahead and spoil it. I mean, I'm going to take Denver regardless of who comes out of the East mm -hmm. because I just think they're the best team in basketball right now. But I think Boston can push it six or maybe even seven, dude. I think they've just got, like we've been saying this entire time, dude, when Boston throws their best punch, dude, I think you said it well on yeah. these past shows. They're just as good as any other team in the league. When they're firing on all cylinders, locked in defensively, you get good JB and good JT. Shots are falling all around. Boston's one of the best teams in basketball, and I think they have a real chance at at pushing Denver. It's going to be hard. Again, they don't have the best player on the planet. Denver does, but it's going to mm -hmm. be a battle, man. I would take Denver too, because I still don't think that 
Boston is consistently great mm-hmm. enough. That's the reason that this is a series right now. But I do think that their two-way ceiling is very high. They're going to have home court advantage, and they are going to be humming if they make it coming off of four straight wins. I mean, your confidence, your momentum doesn't get much better than that. So, yeah, I think that they have a much, much better chance of winning that series. I also just want to touch a bit on the historical significance Mm -hmm. of this comeback, potentially, because it is so strange, right? Obviously, we've never seen a successful 3-0 comeback. But if you look at the other two times in modern NBA history that a team has come close and they've pushed it to 7, it's been the lower seed. It's been the less talented team. Like you have 2003, the Jailblazers, against the Mavs, a Mavs team that had Steve Nash and Dirk Nowitzki and was up there for the best offense in the league and won 60 games and obviously had home court advantage. And those guys, along with Nick Van Exel, just went absurd in the fourth quarter of that game, put things to bed. I think they combined for 33 points in that fourth quarter. And then you have the 94 Nuggets against the Jazz who had a little bit of that special juice in them because obviously they came back from down 2 nothing against the one-seeded Sonics before that. But again, the more talented team is the one that was up 3 nothing. We've never seen a team like with this sort of talent advantage launch the comeback from down 3 nothing because you just don't really see the clearly better team down 3 nothing. Often, and even if you look through the history of 3-1 comebacks, like when was the last time that a team that was clearly more talented, like clearly the better team pulled off one of those? And I think you probably have to go back to 2006, the Suns-Lakers series where you had superhuman Kobe for a bit, but it wasn't sustainable and the clearly better team ended up winning out. So we're on the verge of an unprecedented comeback, certainly, the Celtics also, though, put themselves in a very strange position for a team with this large of a talent advantage. You wouldn't say Golden State, Oklahoma City in 2016? You don't think Golden State was leagues above that team? Not leagues. Not leagues. That OKC team was awesome. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, this is like tears, right? Miami, all the credit in the world, but they're the eight seed, and they're down Tyler Hero, and they were down... Gabe Vincent for a game even like and they were losing massive and they were losing to the Chicago Bulls at one time in these playoffs I yep. mean dude yeah I mean this is unprecedented not to mention again we brought it up so many times such an abysmal team during the regular season a lot of factors went into that you know messing with the lineups uh, injuries throughout the season this is also dude this is the first time not only I mean we can argue you know which team was better this is the first time that a team is going to be hosting a game seven like you said, because it's always been the lower mm-hmm. seed battling back into this. I, we are in, <laughs> Carson, we are in uncharted waters, my friend. This is uncharted territory. Yeah, we really are. And we will see how it all goes. So that's going to do it for us here today. Appreciate you guys, as always. What a wild, wild basketball game. We'll be back after game seven. And then it's NBA Finals time. So cannot wait for that. 
you guys, if you enjoyed the show, can find us on YouTube, the volume page. You can also listen to the podcast across audio platforms, and you can follow us on social media. TikTok is Nerd Sesh. Instagram is the same handle, and our Twitter is Nerd underscore Sesh. You can also join our Discord at the link tree across any of our social media bios if you just want to talk basketball, football with us, trying to continue to build that community. So with that, as always, appreciate you guys. I have been Carson Brabber. I have been Logan Camden. And this was Nerd Sesh. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.